Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Real Estate Investing with Alex Deacon. My name is Adam. I am here with the Deacon of Real Estate, Alex Deacon himself. What is going on, good sir? Adam, my man. Alex. My man. How you doing? We're doing all right today, sir. We're doing all right. Um, First day, first day of July, or June rather. I'm sorry, geez, yeah. we're already jumping ahead. Yeah. First day of June. Feels Felt like it's been summer for about two months now already, though. It does, but man, I tell you what, it's been a nice week. It's been wonderful. Yes, dry yes, and no lava. No, no lava here, thankfully. <laughs> no volcanoes here. I don't think we'll have to ever have to worry about that. Um, so, but Alex, today it looks like uh, we're going to dive into something that we we touch upon every once in a while, uh, but I think we're going to just look at it through a different lens, so to speak, today. And I think today we're talking about how to quickly evaluate, uh, how you would quickly evaluate a real estate deal. Yes, and we have talked about this many times. Probably in the middle of a podcast, we might jump into it and then jump back out of it. And we did a long one on how to evaluate properties at, at home on your desktop. But I just thought we would dive into this a little bit more because this is a topic that's it's super important, super critical. People need to know, you know how difficult it is to find a good deal. Too many investors, or especially newer ones who don't have a lot of experience, they jump into this and they call it a game and it's not a game. They jump into this business and they look at a couple of properties and they see one they like and they buy it. And if you're looking at man, if you're looking at less than a thousand properties for your first deal, you're probably making a mistake. Okay. So maybe that's that's a little over the top, but you should be looking at hundreds of deals before you buy one. Especially when you're new. Right. Because it takes you a lot longer to make a decision because you don't know what's good and what's bad. You don't know what's right or, right or what's wrong. So in the process of thinking and making those decisions, the properties are gone. So the better you get at this, the quicker you can evaluate something and hone in on exactly what you want and the price you want and know what rents are going to be and know what the after repair value is, know what your repair costs are going to be, know what you know what kind of budget and what time frame you're going to have, you're going to be dealing with. The quicker you can do that, and that's only going to come with time. That's not going to come with a book. It's not going to come with spreadsheets. It's going to come with just putting putting in the time. Repetition. Yep. Banking all that knowledge. And then being organized and having spreadsheets and so forth definitely helps. But for me, I'm not organized. I'm not a spreadsheet kind of guy. So it's all banking in my brain. And that just takes a lot longer. So if you're well organized and you're also well motivated... And you follow these simple steps and tips I'm going to give you. That those organizational skills will help tremendously. So organization is always key. It's it's important. In it's something we all have to work on, I think, isn't it? Nah, I mean not really. I'll be honest with you, because I try, and I try to be more organized, and I just it's like beating a dead horse. <laughs> I just realized that it's not my forte, and I'm not going to try to increase my productivity by being organized because it just ain't going to happen. I'm just going to do what I do best and leave the rest to others. There you go. And the problem I have is just letting go. You know, like I think I'm the only one that can do a certain task when I know that that's not the case. I can do a lot of things better than a lot of people, but there's a lot of things that I can't do better than others. You know, like it's just you have to work on your strengths and your weaknesses. You have to delegate those. Yeah. Um, that's the key to life, really. 
It really is, man. It's it's all a team effort. It's a team effort when you're buying real estate. It's a team effort when you're starting a business. It's a, a family's a team effort. I was, gonna, I was say yeah. Even in, I think about a marriage, a family, yeah. everything, any any kind of friendship, business yeah. partnership. It's, it's you all can't, the same. There are few few people out there that just have the skill set and they're good at everything. You know, and those are the ones that you see that are in the in the spotlight. Yeah, you know, like those Elon are, Musk. Those are the outliers, yes, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And they're just if if you basically mold your whole life to be exactly like those people I mean that's that's maybe a good uh, I don't know a good target to shoot for but you know be who you are and, right. and you know we're getting off track here a little bit but no, I mean, I think, I think that's a good point to make up. Like, you know, don't necessarily listen. The man owns a lot of properties, but you don't want necessarily don't be the goal to be Donald Trump because you might not achieve that. Mm-hmm. Be the best insert name here that you can be, and you might yeah. eventually get to that Trump level. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's really the way that it did, you know, and and that's anything. But I, what I've learned is, and I'm still trying to teach myself this, but I know it's true. But convincing my brain to think like this is, you know, a different story. But if you just be the best person, be the best Alex or be the best Adam you can be, and you give it a hundred percent at the end of the day, you, you you go to bed with peace of mind and you wake up with with energy. Yep. That's all you can do. That is. I mean, true. it's it's really that simple. That's a, that's as simple as life is right there. Right. Do the right thing. Uh, do unto others if you would have them do unto you, and be the best you that you can be. That's the meaning of life, right there. That is now, true. Now it's so simple, but it's so complicated. And believe me, I haven't figured it out yet. Right, right. <laughs> so let's get into um, how to break down and analyze properties quickly. There we go. The first thing I want to start. Well, we did start with this already. Was uh, you have to look at a lot of deals. So, for example, for me, like today. I'm going to go on to the multi-list here because I look at a lot of properties on the multi-list. I don't just look, um, a lot of people will say to me, I can never find a deal on the multi-list. Well, I find them all the time. You're just, you're not, you don't know what you're looking for. Therefore, you can't make split decisions. You don't have the context that I have. You don't have the 20 some years experience that I have and you'll get there. But there are deals to be had on the multi-list. There are deals to be had from for sale by owners, from from mailers, from a sign on your car that I buy houses. There are deals from uh, other friends and family that you just uh, remind them that you buy houses. You know, contractors, plumbers, electricians. I tell them, you know, they know I buy houses, and you'd be surprised at how many leads come at me by sources that I'm not even really trying to market, and that's just from people I talk to. Gotcha. Okay, so if I look on the multi-list, just, just today, let's see how many properties have come on the um, up for sale. Okay. As we wait for the internet connection. No. <laughs> yeah, for it to work. Alright, so I go to... Let's do the past 24 hours. Okay, so in the past 24 hours, there are in Western PA, this is the Western Pennsylvania multi-list. There have been one, two, three, four, five, six new multifamilies that came on the market. Okay. Now, some of these are in areas I don't even buy in. I just look at multifamilies aren't as prevalent as single families. When we go to the single family list, there might be a few hundred. Mm-hmm. So there's one in Bloomfield, Brookline, Knoxville, Monongahela, Observatory Hill, California. So I'll click on all these. I'll just take a quick look at them. Okay, Bloomfield is so high priced and so like 
over flooded with the um, a lot of hype basically right, right, and right. prices are way up I'm looking at this and I'm, I know immediately that it's more style over it, substance yeah it needs too much work it says right here um, unsafe flooring please bring flashlight I'm just looking at the building I know okay I'm going to spend a couple hundred thousand dollars there wow right okay. And that's how quickly I can evaluate yeah. that. I go on to the next one because that's just not, I'm not, not into that. Not at the price they're asking, which is 190000 Now, with something like that, what, you know, what would be a deal? You know? if, it, if, it said, if it was 100 then I would consider uh, partnering up with somebody who knows that area. I have a partner who knows that area well, and okay. I would call him immediately and say, hey, take a look at this. What do you think? Gotcha. So okay. I saved so much time because... Just for example, let's say I bank this one. I said, oh, I want to see that. And this one in Brookline, which is $175,000 duplex. Say, I want to see that one. And that's too high, so I wouldn't even go see it. And knowing that it just came on the market, I'm not going to spend my time going to see it. The chances of me going to see that right away, as soon as it comes on the market, and getting a fair deal based off what it's priced at now, I would want it for maybe 130 or less. Okay. It's highly unlikely that that seller is going to say, "Yeah, great. You're the first guy that looked at it. I'm going to sell it for forty thousand less than I'm asking." Right. You know. Right. So you have to really know how to conserve your time and energy. Okay. But let's just say I didn't know that, so I'm I'm looking at this like, okay, oh, that looks nice. I'm going to click that one because I want to go see that. This one on Alice Street looks nice in Knoxville. Now that's just too much money for that area. But then again, see that area has some hot spots to it and it's growing and there's some things changing over there. So those are the kind of things you don't see. If you look at this one on Alice Street in Knoxville and say, well, Knoxville's a really high crime area, I'm not even going to look there. But knowing what I know, if it's in the right location, that could be a potentially very good deal. Mm -hmm. So that's where not knowing the market can hurt you. Okay. Because you'll basically, you might just look at what has sold in the past um, three years. Right. And it won't reflect what's happening now right, yeah. and what's going on in the future. Gotcha. It won't okay. show that trend. You know, because if you're right at that cusp where things are just changing now. Yes. Okay. okay. And next. Okay, so that one's way out of my area. That's, Mon <laughs> that's Monongahela, which is very far. So there, there's four properties right there. So let's just say I don't really know the market so well. So I have four properties. I have to call my agent or if you're an agent yourself, you're just getting out and setting up appointments and go looking at these. When you go see multi-units, you have to set up appointments with the tenants. Certain times it can be seen, certain times it can't. These four buildings, given where they are, that could take easily four hours. Easily. And that's without traffic. And that could be, let's say, four to six hours. Wow. Okay. Okay. By the time I go see any of these, if they're really super good deals, and I'm able to set those appointments up, and then I have to go back home and analyze and make decisions based on hours or days of research, I'm going to lose the deal. Right. So that's the catch-22 is you can't just jump into the water because you don't know the, the temperature of the water. But then if you don't jump in, you're going to lose the deal. Mm -hmm. That's the catch-22. It's almost like you, you you can't be too hesitant to jump in, and you don't want to jump in too quick, but you mm -hmm. don't want to spend too much time in the water either. Yep, you get paralysis analysis where you don't want to jump in. like that. And then you get the, well, I can succeed because I have just the fortitude and I am 
completely committed to succeeding. That's not enough. Right. You have to have you have to back that with the capital, with the real estate IQ, with the experience, with a bunch of different variables. Okay. So I'm really going about a long a, a long way to saying you need to educate yourself on the market. Well, how do I do that, Alex? You have to continue to look at properties. You have to follow when they come on the market, how long they were they took to be on the market, how long they took to sell, what did they sell for, how quickly did they sell? And you have to follow that for a very long time and continually look at those statistics and those numbers. And you have to be out there looking at these neighborhoods too because when you see it something sells you don't really get a reflection of why it sold for that price until you get over there and know the market and know that street because that house on Alice Street that sold for 140 two streets over that same property could sell for 80 just because of the difference in the street mm -hmm. you know it's closer to a bus line it's closer to walking distance to the Starbucks and all the shopping on the on the boulevard, okay. whatever the case may be, you need to know that. That's why when people come from other parts of the country and other parts of the world to buy here, I already know you got about a one percent chance of succeeding, one percent at best in succeeding. I mean, at best, you really need to know the area. I at mean, best. even yeah. the nooks and crannies, and I mean, it's it's yeah. important. I've seen. Yeah, you just it's it's very difficult. So I always kind of when I when I meet someone like that and they they tell me all their grandiose plans, I just kind of listen to them and then I give them a little bit of a reality check and say slow down. Yeah, you get one house this year, then two next year, then four the year after that, <clears throat> then eight the year after that. Next thing you know, the compound effect takes place and you're buying fifteen or twenty homes a year. Right. 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 So slow down and get to know the market. How do we get to know the market? We spend a lot of time online. We spend a lot of time at networking events, talking with other investors. Um, not necessarily what you read in the newspaper is always that good because the newspaper is just going to, they're going to write what sells. They're not going to write what's accurate. Now, when you're looking online, and you're looking at some of the houses. What are some a couple instant deal breakers before we go to the next step? Like right off the cuff, you know, if you see X, Y, or Z, you know it's a deal breaker. You're moving on. Well, it's helpful that I know the area, right? Okay, because if you don't know a specific area, um, let's just say you have some knowledge of a certain area. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you know. Price-wise, let's say we're just talking about an area in Pittsburgh that price-wise you know is going to be between 50 and 150. That's solid information. You know that. From that, you can extrapolate a lot of different things and, and you can make quicker decisions by knowing that small area. For example, if you see a house that's it's priced on the upper end of that area, which would be 140. Mm -hmm. And you're looking at pictures of it online, and it's beat up. It's got a lot of steps and no parking, and it just went on the market. I'm not going to waste my time and go and see that. Right. Why? Because it has a lot of steps. It just came on the market. It's beat up, and it's the upper end of what's selling over there. So if you're looking at 100 units online, 
and you know the market, you can eliminate them very quickly, right? So one, one way is get to know the market at least just a little bit so you can save yourself some time. Why don't we just do an example here? Let's go through. And you know, the, and while you're looking at that, and before you give the example, the reason why I asked that, I noticed there really isn't a concrete answer to what an instant deal breaker is because it's probably different on everything, meaning there is no rule of thumb. Don't listen to the rule of thumb. Exactly. And you never know if there's like, there is a an intrinsic value, a hidden value there, mm -hmm. because there could be. And sometimes I'm wrong too. Sometimes I'll pass on a deal just because what I did, what I didn't see at that first glance, what I what I saw there did not do it for me. So I just go on to the next one. Every once in a while, you get really good at this, but every once in a while, I still miss a deal or two. But it far outweighs the time that I would have wasted in you know going to see it. Now, if somebody pushes me and says, "Hey, look, you're not considering this and this because there's a house behind it that goes with it. There's an extra lot that goes with it." It's right next to a potential site where they're going to be building a CVS or a, right. a Walmart. Oh my gosh, okay, well maybe I do want to buy that because potentially Walmart's going to come and buy the whole block and give me a million dollars for something right. I paid 50000 okay. for. That's an outrageous example, but that does happen. Yes. Right? Okay. So those are the hidden, the, you know, the hidden things that you don't know what to look for and unless you know the market really yeah, unless you yeah. know the market or you know someone in government who is hey yeah walmart is coming in they put a contract on this property and so on and so forth so the more people that you get to know and talk to and network with it's going to help your cause as a real estate investor so i looked at just today in the areas that i look for real estate in and this is not all the areas but this probably covers 90 percent there are there's 214 changes that took place from yesterday to the t today. Those are just changes. Wow. So out of those changes, let's see how many. There's 40. It's about 50 price changes. So the first ones that come up on the multi-list are price changes. So this is the first thing I look at. So there's 214 total on here. I start with the price changes, and I'm just going down them. Uh, Bethel Park, I know the street price is too high. Uh, Centerville, that's just too far for me. Peters Township, that's too high for me. It's too high of a price. I'm not even going to look at it. I don't have the kind of funds to right. buy that property. Uh, Newberry Highlands, a new construction plan. I'm not going to go look at that for $500,000. I'm going through. Wow. There's, there's a couple there. I'd like to just I'll check those because I'll look further into those. <clears throat> um, scrolling down and I'm also looking at how much the price drop was like for this one here most of these are 5% 1% 11% this one here dropped 42% I'm going to click that one because that's like almost 50% that's almost cutting the price in half okay and why would that typically I mean obviously I'm sure we're going to investigate that but it could be a lot of reasons. There could have been maybe two parcels that went with it, and now they decided only to sell one. It could have been they're super motivated. It could be a lot of different reasons. Okay. But it just piques my interest that there was such a huge price reduction there. Is that something you always tend to look for? Yes, I do. I do. And I look at how long a property's been on the market. So let's just continue on. Um,
Okay, so I just went through 40 properties that quick. That quick. While we were sitting here, guys, that yeah. dead space, I yeah. intentionally left. I, you know, because I could have spoke over, but I wanted that, that dead space, 40 properties in just that small time. Yeah. Yep, and I got four of them. So four I, I earmarked. So let's go to the next page, which is another 10 price reductions. And a lot of these are areas I don't look in. Mm -hmm. Like it's uh, Finleyville, it's kind of far from me. It's a high price. I know that somewhat the values out there is probably 400,000 on the high end. This is 279. Uh, chances are there's no money to be made there. And I, again, I could be wrong. Right. I just don't have the time to go through every one of these because it could take a half a day. And this is where yeah. every every investor will be different as well too because some yeah. investors might take anywhere they can, but yeah. some investors stay pretty centralized, you know. Yeah, it's it, really it, that's a good point. So if someone's really centralized and let's say Finleyville's their area, mm -hmm. then shit, they're going to know it really well. Yep. So they're going to be able to do it super quick, but they're also going to be able to get more deals in that area because they focus on that area, you know. And they there's less deals volume-wise, but they'll get more deals locally because they know the market so well. And is it because they know the market well and tied in along with, I don't want to say, because you can always build a great team, great great support, have great affiliates along with you, but when you're in that one small market, you're really kind of staying within that community. Is, mm -hmm. is that also a helpful thing over broadening your spectrum, so to speak, or is it doesn't really... It's helpful and it's hurtful. It's, it's hurtful probably because you just can't do the amount of volume, Right. but quality, in my opinion, is always better than quantity. So if you can make money and do two or three deals a year in one area and make a very good income doing it, yeah. then stick with that. Yep. Probably takes a lot of stress on the ta off the table too. Yeah, it just keeps your life simpler and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, the, so now I'm going to go to the new listing. So as, as out of those 214 changes, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, there's 25 there, probably another 30. There are about 60 new listings, 60 to 70 new listings. So I'm going to go through 60 or 70 new listings right now. So here we go. Now he's starting right now, guys, if you heard that first click. Tick tock, tick tock. There's one there at 75000 North Fayette. I'm clicking it because that's a good price. We got a deal. Oh, got it. <laughs> Bingo. Scott Township, Charleroi. There's another one that could be. I'm just going by the price. It's a new listing. The price is eighty-four thousand in an area that that house could be worth three hundred thousand. So it piqued my interest. I clicked it. And as as the dead air goes, I mean, he's going through ten to twenty properties at a time, guys. This is actually pretty fascinating to watch. <laughs> okay, so we went through about twenty right there. And out of those original 20, you you actually clicked on, what, three? Yeah, two or three. We need that music from... Uh, from Jeopardy. Oh, I'm sure I can get that. Okay, so I went through about 40 there. All right, that's that's enough. That's good. So I went through about 50 total. Um, I picked one, 
two, three. So let's click on those. Uh, that's a condo, which I had a feeling it was, and I'm not interested in that because that's too high of a price. And if you really think too, while you're looking at that, uh, you know, Alex selected three out of fifty. I mean, really, that's about one. And a, that's, that's about one and a half, or I'm sorry, that's about what six in six and a hundred. Yeah, six. So you're looking at six yeah. percent. I mean, so the key to that is, like we keep saying, repetition, repetition. Yeah. I mean, you gotta look at. I mean, it's you're not gonna be two for three. This isn't. You're not gonna get in the Hall of Fame batting like three hundred on this. You know. Here's one um, that was eighty-four thousand. I said the house could be three hundred thousand. After looking at it, it, has a lot of steps. It just came on the market. Looks like. Looking at the pictures of it, um, it's just plain Jane. It's not interested me at all. So I'm, I'm skipping that one. That could be a really good buy for somebody who maybe wants to live there. You know, not a bad deal. And then the last one I clicked, we'll go to that, which is the one in Beachview. Uh, that's a half a duplex for 44000 Um It would have to be really, really nice inside. And it is not... So I'm not going to make a play on that. So there you go. We went through 100 properties. We went through about 100 mm -hmm. price changes and new to the market. Mm -hmm. And we picked about six. So you picked four, we, off the, four off the price changes, four out of 40 on the price changes. And three on the – so seven out of 100. Mm -hmm. And we picked none of them. There's none that we want to none. see. So seven out of the 100, none that we want to see. Now here's the list that I really like, and that's the next list, and it's very short. And it's the uh, back on the market list. That means the deal fell through for some reason or another. Okay, so there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen of those. So I take a closer look at these. Um, and that could be potential. Uh, maybe. Definitely. That one's exciting. That's maybe. That's a no. That's a no. That's a no. That's a no. That is a new. That is a new. And that is a no. And that is a no. And that is a maybe. So out of those, how many were there? Ten? One, two, three, four, five, six. 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, about 15, I picked 6 or 7. So now we're going to take, take a close look at those. Uh, this one's in Edgeworth. It's uh, a decent, that's a very good school district. Quaker Valley, uh, 215000 It's a two-bedroom, so that's a definite no. That's just too much money for a two-bedroom. Next one. Uh, Northfield Avenue, Crafton Heights. Uh, I'm looking at, so I look at the history on it and see what happened. It came on the market in March and it went under contract in April. Yada, yada, yada. After looking at it and it's gone under contract a couple times, um, after looking at the pictures, I'm not interested. This one for 29000 that's definitely got potential. I'm going to click that. And I'm going to call the agent. I'm, I'm kind of excited about that one. There we go. There you go. We got one. Uh, this one, let's see why this came back on the market. New listing, went under contract quickly, came back on the market probably because of a home inspection. Uh, that means there's probably not much money to be made there. I'm going to pass on that one. Uh, curious fact of the day. 
you were looking at a property in Edgeworth. Yeah. Edgeworth just got named uh, Pennsylvania's wealthiest uh, suburb. Uh, the median is one hundred fifty thousand dollars. Wow! So wow, that's, I did not know that. There you go. See, I, I added value every once in a while, you ladies do. and gentlemen. You definitely do. <laughs> and State Avenue. Okay, I know this property. It came back on the market. Uh-uh. Uh uh. It was listed for forty three. Went contingent. Back on the market three months later. I could be interested in that. If that property just needs so much work. Looks like a roof on it, maybe. That, yeah, it just needs a lot of work. I'm probably going to skip that one. I might I might click it, because here's the thing. I'm going to be in Coriopolis today, so why not just stop by? Right, right. Yeah, so I got two properties. So we looked at a total of 120-ish, yep. and I picked two that I want to get in my car. Not even yet. I might want to call the agent on the other one because I know that agent, so they'll be able to tell me why the deal fell through. Like, for instance, I called on one last uh, three days ago. I called the agent. I said, I saw this just came on the market. Uh, his name was Mark. I said, Mark, what's what's going on here? Because that price is for real based on the pictures. I want to buy that right now for cash, as is. He said, well, here's the problem. There's a 20-foot retaining wall in the back and like a 15-foot one on the side, and they both are collapsing. So that's why the property isn't sold. Okay. And there's always a reason. Right. That could be $40,000 or more in retaining wall work. Wow. I just don't know. It's right. big, big concrete retaining wall. So but so just to give you examples, so our audience, I looked at, and I've been doing this for a very long time, I looked at 110 to 120 properties with, I don't know, 10 minutes. Yeah, we'd say maybe 10 minutes. Maybe 10 minutes. I picked picked two that I want to see. And out of those two, I'm going to be in in Coriopolis anyway today, so it's not going to take a whole lot of my time to see it. I'm just going to swing by, maybe take a quick peek inside again, and then decide what's up. And out of curiosity, if you weren't in the Coriopolis area today, would you even take the time to go there? Uh, No, I probably wouldn't. So that's where you know a lot of times just knowing the area and knowing your day kind of planning around it. Yep. And then the other one I'm, I'm really interested in, I want to call the agent and ask her, why did the deal fall through, and what does she think about it? And if I'm interested, I would probably want to get over there today. Gotcha. I don't want to wait till tomorrow, but probably today. Now, the, the thing that would help me here is it's a bank foreclosure, so it helps me and it hurts me. It helps me because even if I don't get there today mm-hmm. and I go tomorrow or Sunday, Banks are closed. I mean, these mortgage right. companies are closed. Right. So no offers are going to get presented till Monday or Tuesday anyway. So it gives me time to get over there. The downside is if I get there and I really like it and I want to put a price on it, right. it gives everybody else two or three days to go look at Ooh, it. Oh, yeah. So okay. there, there's okay. the catch-22 on that one. So I don't know if that was, that was helpful, but that gives you a general idea from someone with a lot of experience who knows market. Um, how many properties you physically have to look at online where I can do in 10 minutes it's going to take you probably four or five days you know because you have to get in your car you have to drive by them you realize that oh this is not what I wanted you're setting up appointments to see some of them you know that it's going to take you a week to do what I just did in 10 minutes and I think is is a lot of it because just knowledge of areas. I mean, I mean, you're you're almost like a yeah. It's just experience. <laughs> it, it's experience, man. It's it'll come in time, and then the next time you buy a house, instead of taking a week, it'll take you two days to go through 120. 
and then it'll take you a day to go through 120. Then it'll take you a few hours. Then if you do it long enough, you'll be able to do this just as quickly or even quicker than I can do it. Right. You know, depending on how focused you are and what areas you want to buy in, price range, you know, it's it's all it's all relevant and all and all makes a difference on how quickly you can assess and analyze the property. Plus, I think it, depending on how people keep their, or I'm sorry, investors keep their portfolios too. Like you know, like we said, if you if you're centralized or you know, like say you're just on the West End or you're just one thing, it's a little bit easier to, to check off certain certain properties. You know, mm-hmm. whereas if you're a little more diverse, it may take you a little longer to to get you know through all the different properties and to go visit and to you know. So I yeah. think that's that's another thing to take into consideration too. Yeah, that's why I say when you're out of state or out of country. Just what, what what I'm doing right now, or what someone who's new to the business but lives here, you're compounding the difficulty by ten times mm-hmm. when you're not living here and you're trying to evaluate these neighborhoods and areas as quickly as you need to. Yeah. Because you're not going to get a good deal if, if you wait a day or two. Those those deals don't stick around. And even I, like I've lived here most of my life, and I still wouldn't know work to look for you know what I mean just yeah. because I'm not used to, to, mm-hmm. to looking for the deals you know so anybody out there that wouldn't be familiar with an area that's that's absolutely going to be a behind the eight ball so that's it my man we're done so Alex uh, I, I hope that was I, again I always hope this is helpful and I try to be as quickly and to the point as I can and you know I'm trying not to you can't be too detailed because it's such a broad range of knowledge and things you need to look for but all i'm saying is if you put this in this one sentence be patient know your market be diligent don't give up and you'll get there you'll get there the first deal is going to take a while practice slow i don't know if that was one sentence so that could have been like maybe eight sentences i think we can make it a t-shirt it'd be awesome a t-shirt but the thank you. Thank you for listening. Yes, sir. And guys, ladies and gentlemen, we hope you appreciated this. This was this was very detailed. It was very informative. Uh, we hope you guys appreciated this. Uh, reach out to us. Comment. Give us some feedback. Let us know if there's any topics that you would like the Deacon of Real Estate to cover. Uh, you can get a hold of us at Deacon Hoover on Twitter. Uh, Deacon Hoover Real Estate Advisors on Facebook. Uh, follow Alex at AlexDeacon712. You can email him, Alex, at AlexDeacon.com. Uh, Think I'm, I think I've plugged everything. Find this show on Apple uh, on Apple Podcast, on Google Play Podcast, uh, Spreaker. Type in Deacon Hoover or DHRE, and you will find our programming everywhere. So for Alex, for myself, and everyone else here at DHRE, we thank you so much, and have a happy June.